coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, your host for the next 15 or 20 minutes for peacepodcast.org. We're here to celebrate happiness, health, and peace. If this world were at peace, think of the joy we would experience as we wake up in the morning, knowing people had the opportunity to live their destiny. Sometimes we need to have a reminder of our hearts and souls, and that comes from poetry poetry, which opens us up to the world. Today, we're going to have Sojourner Kincaid Roll. She is a poet, a playwright, an environmental educator, and a peace activist. I have had the luxury of knowing this woman for so long because she used to even have her own television show. She was selected as the Poet Laureate of Santa Barbara, California for a two-year term from 2015 to 2017. Her book of poems for young people, The Mellow Yellow Global Umbrella, (laughs) is one of my favorites. Her other books include Common Ancestry. My goodness, but I have to go down to the bottom of her bio. She's a two-time recipient of the California Arts Council Artist in Residence Program, and for eight years led poetry workshops. I love poetry. Why do you love poetry? And welcome, Sojourner. Why do I love poetry? Yes. Well, I think, uh, well, it is, uh, to me, it's an opportunity for me to um, uh, condense my, you know, you work your thoughts and your ideas and you're able to examine uh, um, ideas or places or people or things and nature. You're able to examine it to its um, sort of its infinite essence, I think, its, its essence. And I think that's part of poetry is we want to get down to the root of thing. It's a condensation of uh, what maybe paragraphs of books we could write about something. But if we see the beauty of a flower, a rose, for instance, a rose is used often in poetry, but the rose has such symbolism. It's a beautiful flower. It smells uh, good. But whenever you see a rose, if you get a rose, it means someone loves you. It has such symbolism that's attached to that one thing. A tree, we sometimes compare people to a tree, a mighty oak, and it'll describe a personality in such a way that you just say, wow, that's a mighty oak. And you know exactly, or you know a lot about that person just from hearing that one phrase. And poets have, adapt, uh, I think, adopted sort of the the, the language uh, that is, um, that that is so representative of such larger ideas. And even peace, the idea of peace, is like what does peace mean to so many, to so many of us? Is peace inside peace, internal peace, world peace, community peace, um, being at peace? Um, you know, I think that the language of poetry is, a, is sort of a language that we all understand and relate to, and it touches us in ways often we don't realize immediately how deeply it is touching us. It almost brings peace to a person when they read poetry. You did something which I admired you for, a Song of Peace Poetry Project, where you worked with people 
who young children and young people about writing poetry to express their feelings. You know, feelings yeah. are hard to express in normal language, but poetry yeah. allows you to expand the feelings to have another person understand your feelings. Talk about yeah. that. Um, the way you were able to bring the place poetry into people's lives. Well, with young people, um, my po my project was actually is and still is the song of place, and I think that well, what, you know, people will agree that often when we write a poem, it's about a place. You know, maybe you visit a beautiful place and it, it stays with you, and you go back and you 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 uh, try to describe it, and a poem will help you describe that place. Uh, whenever you d uh, talk about a person, you may say they came from the mountains or they came from the ocean, the, you know, but lived by the ocean, just to give a place to put things in context um, often adds a lot. And so for young people, if I ask them to describe their front yard or the street they live on or the house or their special place in the backyard where only they, you know, I'm gonna read you a poem that has to do with that. How about that? Why don't you? Okay, it's a poem actually is from and uh, people don't need to see it, but that's the Yellow Mellow Global Umbrella book. Which and, is a great title. Uh, it is because I do believe that uh, the sun, you know, it's a riddle sometimes with young people because what is, the, what is the Yellow Mellow Global Umbrella? Well, when they get it, they realize it's the sun that shines on all of us and all around the world. And it's like an umbrella that covers us. Anyway, this piece is called, I've Often Set. It's one of my favorite poems. And it's about inner peace, really. I've often sat near softly rippling by me brooks, amidst sweet-smelling clover and bee-kissed blossoms, wildly growing in safety, our own sacred place, where only our being mattered, not to be plucked or cut, nor trod underfoot. I've often gazed for hours in time-suspended thought, upon these wondrous blues, yellows, and sometimes purples, lovingly caressing every breath of honeysuckle or night-blooming jasmine, our essence shared in every inch of air, our sparks inextricably mingled, forever redeemed. You hear and yourself in every inch of air. Those are the words, every inch of air. Who are we without our breath and our air? Oh. Well, my yes we are it is our essential commonality mm -hmm. you know and we share the same air now, what you breathe goes out into the great air mm -hmm. and i breathe it in and so we we really are this is why i believe in the oneness of us all because we are all breathing the same air mm -hmm. uh, around the whole globe you know <laughs> I believe our words have power. And the reason I've always said that is because we use our air to make our words possible. And I think yeah. when you speak something, I don't think they ever disappear. I think the words of the scholars who have gone before us, the words of the poets before us are here. Out into the universe. Right. And I, I love, I like, I love that uh, uh, John Lennon song, Across the Universe. People should listen to that. It's such a beautiful song. Well, across, no, go ahead. Across the Universe is one of my favorite songs by uh, John Lennon. Mm. Yeah, it's like Give Peace a Chance, those two songs. Yeah. I cannot believe John Lennon when he was in that. I think he was, to me, a poet in music because he would capture, uh, like, let there be peace on earth and let it be. Let it, it begin with me. 
Yeah, and that isn't his song. That was um, Jill Jackson Miller. She wrote mm -hmm. that. But I remember her. She was a very sad woman, but it was her poetry that kept her happy. And she yeah. would write songs around, like, let there be peace on earth. And so, yeah. Sojourner, what is it that would make me a poet? What would I do first if I really wanted to capture the harmony that poetry brings to the world? Well, uh, I mean, I don't know whether you can do it in a moment, but I would say, you know, the first thing is, you know, poetry is about your feelings. What are you feeling in the moment, right? And, and to write freely, to uh, uh, let your inside speak, let it, let it just come out of you. You know, when we write free writing, uh, do free writing, what we call free writing, it's just whatever, you, emptying in your brain, emptying your heart, emptying what you're thinking about, what's bothering you. And uh, just put it on the paper, and then crafting. Um, you know, the first part is to get it, get out what you're feeling onto the page or into the air, into your brain. And the second thing is to craft it. Poets spend a lot of time rearranging those thoughts and ideas into some sort of uh, semblance of um, that makes sense. And then I think we work through uh, whatever the idea is. So if we go back to that oak tree. We may end up with talking about the uh, the seed, the acorn, uh, you know, what 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 it what it what it sprang from. But we begin with what we see on the outside, and then we work ourselves in into keep going down to to tinier and tinier pieces of what makes up that person. Uh, and if it's a person, I guess we're talking about ourselves. What is in ourselves? But collectively, it's a poem. Your poem. If you describe yourself, you're you're writing a poem if you describe yourself uh all of your essence i think that you know you write those what well, you refer to um earlier with your young people as your kids as a uh, simple poems but a uh, simple to me is very um i strive for simplicity you know i do manage to use a um, vocabulary that some people may feel like all those long words you know but breaking those words down, you, you kind of get, you want to get the word that most describes the emotion you're trying to project or to uh, pull out. Is poetry like regular writing, rewriting makes it better? Or does well, it I, happen almost in that instant? How, what would you well, say? Well, I like to capture the instant mm -hmm. and then we go to the craft. Mm -hmm. And so the rewriting or the crafting or the condensing, you know, eliminating things that are not necessary, um, and when I write poems, one of my main um, ideas is I like for every line to mean something. I like for each line to be able to stand alone and, and, and have a meaning uh, for itself that connects with the other lines within the poem to create the whole idea. But I really, um, and I like description. So describing um, um, nature or describing a person or describing an incident or an event uh, description is, is, you know, is, is like your tool. How do you describe it? What color is it? Using your senses, you know, this is a lot that we'll have to, uh, especially young writers and new writers, using your senses. Uh, your, what do you see? What does it taste like if it has a taste? What it, would it smell like if you could smell it? Uh, you want the person who's experiencing the poem to be able to through your words, experience what you have experienced that you feel is so important that you want to relate it to someone else. And so that's your medium is uh, how do you describe this, this uh, idea or entity or event? 
I want to read my second poem. I don't know where we are with our time. Oh, you absolutely can. And I love what you said. You try to make every line stand alone. And yes. I, I feel that when I listen to your poetry and I read your poetry, I'd love to have another piece of poetry. Yes. And um, <clears throat> we definitely could have an all-day conversation, maybe I a two-hour podcast on poetry, because there's so much to say about it, and there's so well, many this is just our, This is just a little snippet of the joy of Sojourner. Sojourner Kincaid Roll. Imagine that name. Just put it in your mouth, put it in your memory, and write a poem about it. Even her name is a poem. Yes, well, you can because the name, especially Sojourner, and most people will know that I took my name from Sojourner Truth, who was also a poet, and uh, and things that she spoke. She was known as a speaker who traveled all over and spoke about what she called the rightness of uh, the wrongness of slavery and the rightness of freedom. That was her mission in life, and um, and many of her speeches have now been sort of transformed into looking like a poem. And so she is referred to as a poet, but the word sojourner, traveler, you know, that, that's really, uh, and to not just be, in her mind, it was not just a traveler, it was a biblical traveler. You know, it had a special, that idea of like going someplace where you're not just passing through, but you stay for a while, you know, so I'm a traveler into a different land. When I came to California, I didn't want to just come for a week and visit. I always imagined when I came to California, that I would want to stay at least a month or, and get to know the place or something. That's when I lived back east. But when I finally came to California, I never went back home. So I've been out here like 45 years. <laughs> you, you know, that's fantastic. Um, you know, think about it. Imagining that you were going to live in California and that became reality. Yeah. We well, I just wanted to visit. I didn't imagine I would stay. But when I came, I was so taken. You know, I never, I never, I've never uh, moved back away. I've never moved well, away. We're certainly glad you didn't move back because we needed you to be <laughs> our poet laureate for two full yeah. years to allow us to experience the joy of poetry and to have you be such a role model for so many. We need, we need role models today. Yeah. You were going to read us a poem, Sojourner. What was I your want. And uh, so let me just say that as a, as a peacemaker, um, I feel that my entire life, even from when I was a small, um, I have um, wanted peace, I have strived for peace, and I have worked to see how I could help bring peace to the, into the world. And uh, my medium, um, you know, my direct medium, I feel is poetry. My motto is world peace through human understanding. And so I think this, um, in many things in poems, we get to understand a person's history and what they are about. And I think understanding another person or another culture or another experience is what helps us um, not consider people as enemies because we realize that people, we're all very much the same. We might have different ways of living and being, um, but I think that we share so much as human beings on this planet uh, that uh, un understanding each other and, and poetry, the poetry of a people brings a lot of understanding. That's in terms beautiful. Of Poetry yeah. can lead to understanding, can't it? It's yes. not like we should make poets, not war fighters. That's my Well, idea. you know, um, Shelley, the great poet, he, you know, one of my favorite things, ideas, is the idea that he said that poets are the unacknowledged legislators of the world. Oh, yeah, that's the unacknowledged beautiful. 
world. And uh, I was inspired a lot by my grandmother, who was a, she was a community activist and gave a lot of speeches. And almost every speech she gave, she would find some poem that illustrated the point she was trying to make. Oh my goodness. So I often say I, that I hope to write a poem that my grandmother would choose to use to illustrate one of her speeches or her talks. All right. And so, um, and this poem that I want to read, uh, to me, I feel it's my favorite poem about peace and it kind of um, ex explains who I am and it's called In Silence, In Peace. In silence, I settled down to write. What urgings I felt, the need to speak from this high place, some heretofore unspoken word, to find an ultimate uplifting thought, Attend the clarity for the troubled mind, a soothing hope for the saddened heart. In peace, I found that nameless something, smoldering like ash-baked embers, rising to fill the all of me, and overflow profusely, to openly flame, burning through all barriers, through to every other soul, to heal the breach, to seal the bond. Wow. That's poetry. And to heal the bond, to make sure that we are one in our understanding of the poet and the poet's message. I was impressed that your grandmother was kind of a um, front runner to what we're going to celebrate on Wednesday. Talk yeah. about Wednesday. Your grandmother would have been very proud we were celebrating women. This Wednesday is what, Sojourner? This Wednesday, August 26, 2020, is a very significant day. It's Women's Equality Day. It's the 100th anniversary of the uh, ratification of the 19th Amendment, giving women the right to vote. Uh, my grandmother would be especially proud because uh, she was a, one of those first women. So she was like the first woman on the board of trustees at her church. She was the president of the, of the PTA. Um, she was a, a district leader. She was a real leader in her community. And uh, women, uh, she didn't have any idea about women standing back and taking a back seat or being quiet or any of that stuff. She was uh, uh, strong and, and outspoken. Where did and she was, live? In the mountains of Marion, North Carolina. In the mountains of North Carolina, a little town called Marion. It's my hometown, uh -huh. where I was born uh, on August 26th. Well, so congratulations. Women's Day is also born on it. Go. So Women's Equality Day is also my birthday. And uh, with my two um, mentors, my grandmother and uh, Sojourner Truth, uh, how could I not celebrate this day with great pride and honor to be associated with it? Well, as you listen to Sojourner, you realize why she is able to engage young people to believe that they too can capture the moment with a poem and with poetry. Sojourner, if we wanted to read your poetry, do you have a website where we could go? Well, I don't know. Some people, uh, I put poems everywhere, but there is a, a um, Poem Hunter, which is a online resource that where many, many world and famous poets have their poems. So if you go to Poem Hunter, P-O-E-M-H-U-N-T-E-R, I have about 20 poems up there. Uh, there's a site called Afrigenius, A-F-R-I-G-E-N-E-A-S uh, dot com. And uh, I'm the Afrigenius poet. So I have some poems up there from some quite a few years ago. Um, I put a lot of poems on my 
Facebook pages. In fact, the Yellow Mellow Global Umbrella has its own Facebook page. Um, on Facebook, I also have Ode to the King Palm, which is a, a tree, uh, the tree of Santa Barbara, the palm trees. And I wrote that when I was um, Poet Laureate by request of Santa Barbara Beautiful. And I, it has its own Facebook page. And uh, I just sprinkled them everywhere. I just, wherever I can have a poem, and a lot of times, you know, it'll illustrate something that's happening that day. So they're all over. If you just Google my name, you'll get a lot of different sources of places that I have poems. Well, I like that idea of Googling Sojourner Kincaid role because then you will be able to see all the things. I looked up Sojourner to be ready for today. Yes. I looked up your first name and I realized that's who you are. You are that name. And <laughs> I don't know if you were given that at birth or you took it on, but it's the most powerful name for you. And it means everything to me that you were able to join us today on peacepodcast.org. Now listen to Sojourner with a friend. Why don't you have many, many people join you and listen to this podcast. This podcast is there forever. And if you're in the mood to write a poem, listen to the, how Sojourner suggests that our righteousness of freedom came from her grandmother. And then mm -hmm. she comes into having us in the silence, in the peace. These are words that they just ring true. This morning when I went to get the morning paper, I stopped and smelled the roses that were labeled next to our driveway. And I just stood there. And I should have done what Kincaid said, I mean, um, Sojourner, I should have sat down and wrote, written a poem about this rose. I looked inside and then this rose, these tiny little black buttons were inside the middle of this orange rose. And I kept thinking, mm. this is the beauty of it right now. They always say, take time to smell the roses. I'm going to yes. add, take time to smell the roses and write a poem about it. Don't How let it disappear. Yes. Thank you. Take time to smell the roses. And I would say, take a closer look at the bougainvillea. I think, you know, uh, I have been so amazed when I got up close on it. I've just seen them in our background for so long around Santa Barbara. But when I actually took and looked at the little yellow flower in the center of each bougainvillea, I had a, and the hummingbirds go there. That's, a, that's, that's what the hummingbirds go to, to, to uh, linger and get their pollen. I'm just so impressed. Uh, I discover so much about nature every day. And I think that nature is where we find um, the source and the materials for almost anything that we want to write about. Uh, and our flowers and our birds and our trees and our waters, you know, love them all. What a beautiful way to end our peace podcast. Love nature, love them all. I lived in Costa Rica for many years with my dear husband, Robert Mueller. And we always would go into nature every day. Well, you couldn't help it. We were surrounded by nature. But nature is such a healing force. And now we have a new way to experience nature through poetry. I yes. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're having a happy birthday this coming Wednesday. She's going to have seven days of celebration. So join her on one of her Facebook pages and wish her a happy birthday. I'm Barbara Gunn-Mueller and I'm signing off with a happy heart, believe me, and a poet in my mind. I already <laughs> got one for Sojourner. Bless you, Sojourner. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. It's a pleasure. All right. Now, what did I ask you to do? Why don't you bring a few friends and watch Sojourner and sit down and think if you can't even write a group poem. It works. Love you. See you next week. This is Barbara Gunn-Mueller signing off. Bye-bye for now.